Hey there, Franklin Covey fans and also those joining us for our final episode. I am Jeffrey Downs, Managing Director at Franklin Covey, and I want to welcome you back to Be a Better Leader. This season, we've been talking about recharging. It's time to recharge your leaders, recharge your teams, recharge your culture, and recharge your results. In our final episode of this season, we really wanted to focus on recharging your results. We've given you a handful of approaches to help you recharge your leaders, teams, and culture, and a framework for recharging your results with the performance curve. But once you get started, how do you keep it going? Well, to help us understand that challenge, we are lucky to be joined by one of my very good friends and a fantastic individual, someone who we are going to glean much wisdom, Mr. Harvey Young, a regional practice leader with Franklin Covey's Execution Practice. Harvey, it is good to have you on the podcast today. Jeff, I am always happy to be on a podcast with you, so it's an exciting thing. Oh, I am glad about that. Well, let's let's just dive right into it here. As we talk about recharging, as you think about that, you know, you and I have done a lot of work in the four disciplines of execution. And discipline number four, the process of creating a culture of accountability is something we talk quite a bit about. So the question is, is why is that such a vital part of successful execution? You know, um, Jeff, I love math. I, I think math has the answers to so many things. And I, I want to start this with a little bit of a geeky, kind of a nerdy math equation, but it comes from a client. The client's name um, is Owen Foster. And I met Owen more than 12 years ago. And we were working literally in the process of doing uh, an execution design session with his team. And we're struggling. And, and Owen gets up and he writes on the whiteboard an equation. And the equation was excuses are not equal to results. And then he wrote the next line, of course, results are equal to results. And so this, this, this idea of why is execution so, so helpful to a, to a team, it's because it moves them from excuses to results. And it's about getting long-term results that becomes the key. And it's just that, it's just that simple. I mean, when we talk about accountability, we're really just talking about results. You know, as I, as I think about that, excuses are not equal to results. I think about the number of excuses that I've either heard or created myself <laughs> in order to excuse results. And what I see is this opportunity to really um, zero out or nullify excuses through this whole process of accountability. I mean, that's one of the things you look at in discipline number four is it's all about look, this is the commitment that I'm going to make for this week. And there's no excuse. There's there's no, well, I didn't do it because, because everyone has the same excuse. There's a whirlwind of activity that's going on, right? Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. We're all in the same boat. So for an organization or team that's looking to recharge its results, give us the core principles of accountability that everyone should be aware of. Uh, so I'm going to give you what I think is my key. Okay. And my key is cadence. And, 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 it's a bit personal, but here, here's what I'm feeling this this week, Jeff, just so you know. So last week I went to my annual doctor's visit. Yeah, I do it once a year. I do it every August. I do it pretty much the same time every year. And you I, are a picture of health, <laughs> so just so I know. I mean, I know people are listening to this, but you are a picture of health. So we can but appreciate that. But I go there, right? Now, now right. I'm one of these people that has the best of intent. I want my annual visit 
to be like this successful, you know, all the numbers will be good and everything. And, and my doctor sort of just looks at me and goes, I don't even know why you're here, dude. Like, go, go, you know. <laughs> exactly you know, my point. Yeah, exactly. Live, live well and prosper, right? However, <laughs> right. here's the problem. I see my doctor every August. And between August and August, a lot of bad things happen. <laughs> and, and, and so, so, but I know I'm not going to see him till next August. And here's what I've learned. And this year I learned it most painfully doing the work two weeks before the doctor's appointment does not erase one year of bad habits. Right. <laughs> so, so I, I, and so I think it's this idea that we need to have regular accountability. We think it's weekly. You've got to have weekly accountability and, and, that accountability ought to be with some sort of scoring system, a scoreboard, something that makes it visible to everybody about what we're trying to do. And you've got to do sort of this report and review process. Mm. But it isn't just report, it's review the impact. Think about it like you think about inertia, right? We're trying to maintain the inertia of the team. And, and one of the ways to do that is to report against lead and lag measures. So, so I, I, I see three things. It's the cadence, it's the scoreboard, and it's the leads and lags that are being monitored. I think if you have all those elements, you're getting to this idea of, of how to make sure we're getting the accountability we're trying to get. Yeah. So for those who may be uninitiated in four disciplines lingo, let's talk just a little bit more about that. So a lag measure, give, give us uh, you know two sentences on what is a lag measure and what is a lead measure? Lag measure is pretty simple. Um, I like to keep my weight below 175. When I step on the scale, I get the number. If it's 175 or less, that's a lag measure, right? And by the way, if it's 180, it's still a lag measure. So, so a lag measure is any result that can be recorded or noted that cannot be changed in the moment. Okay. Great. Good, good. Absolutely firm. Think about it as the weight. When I step on the scale, there's nothing I can do about it. That is the number. Right. Lag measure. Okay. So lead measure. Now the lead measure is different. It's everything I'm going to do to make sure I don't weigh more than 175, right? So it's the activities or the behaviors or the things I choose to do, which I think are predictive of keeping my weight at 175 or below. So lead measures are about actions and activities. Lag measures are about measuring the results of those actions and activities. What you said in regards to visiting your doctor and doing that on an annual basis, one of the things that you said was a, a two weeks before the appointment does not erase a year of bad behavior. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. And, and when I think of what you said in regards to lead measures, that's why on a weekly basis, I need to be measuring the activity that's going to be getting me to what I want as far as the weight that, that you said. I mean, that that's really where the accountability comes in. Is yeah. that, am I right on that? You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's choosing that, that thing that you predict will get you the result, choosing it. And then of course, doing it becomes the way we predict we're going to get the result. Now here's the trick. What if you pick the wrong things? <laughs> that so, is the trick. <laughs> the weekly cadence tells you whether you've picked the right or the wrong things. So it's it's still make a choice, but then because we're measuring weekly, we have a sense, hey, I think I'm on pace. You like to, you know, Jeff, I I admire you always talk about Elliot Kipchoge, right? And this and that sense of pace. And yes. and so 
Um, I, when I think about that story, I often think of this. What Eliud knew in the marathon where he broke the record, he knew at every footfall, literally, whether he was on pace. How many teams can say that? Every minute action, knowing that you're on pace. But what if you could? That's powerful. Yeah, that is powerful. You know, I think of two words that come to mind for me are intentional and deliberate. I'm being intentional in my actions and deliberate in the record. And like what you said with Iliad, he he knew with every footfall, it was intentional and deliberate to keep pace to break the two-hour marathon barrier. I mean, that, that was... And, you're right. I mean, it's one of the most inspiring stories that I know, and he's one of my personal heroes. Yeah. So you, you've hit on quite a chord there. As as you think about this, putting it all together with a team of people. So now we've used individual examples, like for example, taking your own weight and being able to see the lead measures there. But now I'm on a team. What's What are some of the things that I may do, like you said, weekly in order to be accountable to this team? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's examples that are out there in the world, but you know, we teach, we teach, um, this, the team needs to have a simple and transparent set of metrics that they're going after. So, so right. That's what we, that's what the team needs. However, even a simple and transparent metric doesn't work unless you're doing team accountability. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, you know, I could give you several, I thought of three different examples, uh, where this idea of team accountability really makes sense. And it, it really goes back to the world. There, there are two organizations that have absolutely proven beyond a, beyond a doubt that team accountability makes a difference. And those two are Weight Watchers and AA. Mm. Now here's what they've done. They've both created a system where we come together regularly, in fact, weekly, and we look at our story. Right? We look at our story. What have you done? What did you commit to do? What are you gonna What are you gonna do to, to to improve the results? And what I love about those two organizations, they're really doing what we teach in the four disciplines. We're teaching people to basically come together weekly and not make a commitment to the boss, but make a commitment to each other. I'm committing to you that I'm gonna do this. And there's something powerful about personal accountability between two people or eight people or 10 people on a team than there is in your weekly sales meeting with the sales leader who's telling you how you doing on your number. That's just a dramatically different thing. <laughs> uh, you know, such an inspiring example. Both those organizations have obviously changed people's lives and they're all based on these this very simple principle of accountability to each other, not to the boss. Even though the boss has some amount of some amount of responsibility to hold the team accountable, yeah. but there's something different. I love the way that you that you put it. There's something more engaging when we have accountability toward each other. When I'm making a commitment to you as my friend, my peer, my colleague, that's a different commitment. Because if I let you down, that's one thing that's really bad. If I let my boss down, well, I might get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Jeff? There's another aspect of this, and it, and it probably just goes to a slightly different point. If we are making commitments to each other, and, and uh, you know, once upon a time, Jeff, we had the exact same job in the organization, right? Yes, we and did. So if yes. We're making, if we're making commitments to each other, how can I come to the meeting and say, hey, Jeff, I was busy. I didn't do my thing. And you go, yeah, Harf, like I'm busy too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm doing my commitment. So, so this sort of takes it up a notch because 
we recognize the power of the comparison with our peers. It, it creates this team game. And sometimes people look at that and say, oh, it's like it's competition. Maybe there is a bit of competition, but I would rather suggest that it's camaraderie. Yeah. You know, what we're saying is if Jeff is busy and can do this, I think I can do this because I'm busy too. Now, if I don't know how to do it, the great thing about seeing the struggles with the team members is I call you separately and say, hey, Jeff, I'm struggling. I, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? And I guarantee you, your team members are going to help you do the thing that they themselves are doing, and they'll share with you the lessons that they've learned. So I think that's the power. And it is powerful because I know I've called you on several different occasions <laughs> and asked for help. So, and we've exchanged that information. Yeah. You know, Harvey, as you've, as you've been talking, as I've been picturing this, one of the things that you and I both face as a challenge, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is I get excited about this level of accountability. We really get it going and we're on fire for the first two or three months how do you keep the fire burning? How, how does that keep going? How do you keep that cadence alive? So a couple things. Look, I can do anything for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so can I. Uh, right. but, but the reality is after two weeks, the rest of the world comes chasing after me, right? All mm. the other things that I'm probably choosing not to do in order to do, by the way, the things I'm doing for the team. So the first thing I need, I need my leader. And this is what I think leaders can do. I need my leader to provide air cover. Right. The idea that, hey, I'm going into a firefight here, guys, and you got to give me some air cover because there's going to be other stuff coming at me that I either won't see or can see and do nothing about. So so first, it's it's a sense of air cover. Second, it's a bit of grace. Hey, you know, if I actually do the same thing every week for four or five weeks, it's going to have to degrade in terms of its quality. <laughs> it's, you know, and, and, and so so giving a bit of grace to say. Now, how do you amp it up just a little bit, right? You know, how do you amp it up a little bit or how do you change it just mm. enough to make sure that it's still interesting for you? So, so the leader's responsibility to provide the air cover, the grace to be able to adjust the things you do rather than get into this rote of it's time to make the donuts, right? I mean, you know, you just sort of you're doing something different. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. As I think about I mean, time to make the donuts. What a great commercial <laughs> reference. <laughs> it's time to make that happen. You know, one other thing that I thought about while you were telling that is the celebration of completing the small commitment on a weekly basis. I think of Weight Watchers and AA and really that celebration of people who have completed their commitments and kept them going. That also is another thing that adds fuel to the fire. So in our final, in, we just have a couple of seconds left here, but in, in a final question for you, Harvey, the long-term impact of sustained accountability on an organization, what have you seen to the results, to the culture, to the organization at large? So let's get fancy for just a moment. In, in, you know, in science, you established an hypothesis. You say, I think if we do something, we're going to get this. And the magic is, when you're right, <laughs> you, <laughs> yes, you thought you could and you did. Well, a proven hypothesis gives me the ability to do it again and again and again. Now, think about this from an execution muscle perspective. You've proven to a, uh, you know, a team that might have been skeptical, skeptical at the beginning, if we do this and we do it consistently, we're going to get results. When I see the results, I can see that I'm winning. 
I just can't imagine that there's anything more powerful than a team that has experienced winning. Because I think winning begets winning. And, and so this, this sense of I've won, not only do I have a deeper responsibility to my teammates because of the process, but I've also taught myself that I can do it. Yeah. And yeah. I think that makes the team unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. Well, Franklin Covey fans and everyone else who's not yet a Franklin Covey fan, but soon on their way because of our conversation here with, with Harvey, as well as many others, we are glad you joined us today. A couple of things to remember with what Harvey said. Accountability can bring about a sense of accomplishment, and that sense of accomplishment allows us to continue to be accomplished or successful. Winning begets winning. And so as you look at the accountability that you have in your organization, see it not as punishment, but honestly as celebration. And really accountability to peers, colleagues, is something that's going to lift and build the entire organization and build the culture. I want to thank Harvey for being with us today. For those who would like more insights on recharging results, please download our free guide, The Agility Advantage, Four Steps to Respond to Change and Achieve Consistent Business Results. You can find a link to it in the show notes or visit franklincovey.com for more information and resources. Well, thank you again for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed it. Until we talk again, keep smiling. Keep smiling.